to episode 78 of the Neverending Glory podcast. I'm your host, Luke Grilly. And because he did such a stellar job last time when we were talking about um, different dynasty options, we have Steve, Steve Arino Butler back with us tonight on this beautiful Sunday night. Um, our wives are watching the Oscars while we continue to talk about all things football because really we have no life and that's all we want to do is talk football. So, Steve Arino, how are you doing tonight, buddy? I'm doing well. I have a live feed into my left ear on what's going on with the Oscars, and I've oh, got God. you in my right ear. Oh, wow. <laughs> <laughs> Not the first time I've been in your right ear. Um, <laughs> last week we talked about some of the ADP and the different values in the Dynasty format, and now with uh, NFL free agency upon us in just about a week here, March 14th is the beginning of free agency. We thought it was uh, valuable to start discussing all the potential free agents and where we saw their best fantasy fit, not only uh, in the dynasty format, but also for the short-term redraft leagues and, you know, um, the daily fantasy leagues. So that's what we'll be talking about tonight. Um, You know, but have you been uh, keeping an eye on what's been going on in the combine? Been pretty wild. Some of the performances by Saquon Barkley and the the one-armed guy from USF. Yeah, Shaq, Shaq Griffin, is that what his yeah. name is? That was pretty Something incredible. Like I, I think he's earned himself some some money. I mean, 4-3-8 for 40 for a linebacker is pretty impressive. And the guy shouldn't even actually gone to the uh, to the combine. So, good for him. He, he was juiced up because his second run was like 4-6 or something. So. Yeah, whatever. They, they got the 4.38. That's <laughs> they, all that yeah. matters. But the big thing is, have you, have you seen that uh, – that uh, Rizzo, the the guy from uh, Cleveland sports fame, ESPN Cleveland, left the combine before watching the quarterbacks, and is bragging about it on social media. <laughs> yeah, Tony Grossi. Tony Grossi, Grossi. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. That's pretty much his job, and that's pretty much like the Super Bowl <laughs> for the Browns. And he, you know, what he was he was tweeting out most of the week was all the restaurants he was going to. So, oh, Jesus, so I mean, I how can know. ESPN Cleveland like that? I mean, they could be yeah. pretty pissed about that, right? I, I gotta tell you, I listen to that station all the time, and he's he's really not good. <laughs> he's, he's a real treat. <laughs> he might treat, be a huh? good writer, but he's not really good at articulating his thoughts, mm. and many of his thoughts are <laughs> not not good. Well, the rest of the Never Ending Glory podcast following uh, definitely likes to dog on him as much as we can, and we were all hitting him from all sides on Twitter last night, and I'm, I'm sure a few of us are now currently blocked by him, but uh, I thought it was pretty interesting to see what Saquon Barkley did in the Combine, and Rue, Farkey, and Sean will talk about this more, and we've also been um, producing some content on negpodcast.com with Sean's thoughts on how the Combine went. Uh, but Saquon Barkley is quickly, quickly, quickly uh, moving up dynasty draft boards, it feels like, with his performance so far. And, you know, we talked about him in the ADP episode, and we had him right at pick 12, and we thought, is that too early? Is that too, you know, is that too late? Um, and obviously not knowing where he's going to be next year, uh, it's it's I, it's still to be determined. But I believe you said you weren't touching him at all. You were not a fan. I, I was not. I do not trust, trust rookies. rookies. Right, right. So, so even with the combine performance, I mean, we've seen Kevin White, we've seen uh, Mike Mamula, uh, a bunch of guys who are, <laughs> are combine all stars, <laughs> bunch of combine all stars who who do blow in the pros. Though I don't think Saquon will blow. Um, still, we're, we're still not ready to talk about the landing spots and rookies yet because we need to see where they land. So that's why tonight we're going to talk about some veterans that we've seen plenty of game tape on. Uh, they've been on our fantasy football squads before, or they currently are on our teams in Dynasty Leagues, and we'd like to see where they're going. But before we get into that, I do want to remind the people you can find us on Twitter, at Glory Podcast. Brand new uh, Instagram account too, Steve Reno, uh, at Glory Podcast as well. 
And of course, on Facebook, follow us at Never Ending Glory Podcast. And if you look for us on iTunes, you can find us and just do us a favor. Give us a five-star review because we're sweet like that. And uh, we'll keep on making sure that the, the, the royalty money will come in. We'll all become rich and famous off of this podcast. And, um, and Steve will be happy he made the decision to jump on this pirate ship. Hey, I got followed on Twitter by uh, DLF uh, football. That's all, that's pretty much all I need. You're welcome. You're welcome. <laughs> your life. You're like you can die a happy man now, huh? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> all right. So let's dig into the free agents we have coming up, uh, who will be signing big contracts. And I think the first guy is going to easily surpass Jimmy Garoppolo's twenty-seven and a half million dollar per year annual average contract. Uh, Kirk Cousins, former Washington Redskin. He's going to get $30 million a year. It's just pretty much his choice of where he wants to go. There's talks of Denver, of uh, Minnesota, the Jets. Um, I think, we, Steve, you and I are both kind of on the same page on where we want to see him go. But where do you think uh, is the most likely landing spot for Kirk Cousins on Thursday the 14th? I think it's Minnesota. Um, if we go back a few weeks, I was thinking that the Jets were in the, in the driver's seat. They have a significant amount of cap space. Uh, to give Cousins the kind of guaranteed money that I'm sure he's after. Mm-hmm. Um, but it, it seems like he's weighing a combination of the money and the chance to win. Mm. And you're not going to win with the Jets probably uh, right now. Uh, so the Vikings seem to have the best combination of, of those two things, cap space and uh, talent on their roster. So uh, I, I, I would be shocked at this point if it's anybody other than the Vikings. Right, and I, and I, you know, I, I mentioned that I wanted him to go to Denver because of my selfish Dem- Demarius Thomas shares in pretty much every dynasty league I'm in, uh, and you know, Emmanuel Sanders see his value go back up, but. It looks like that for some reason John Elway's very stubborn and thinks he's going to draft his ex quarterback when he's struck out two or three times already with with the Brockett ship and also with Simeon and now it looks like Paxton Lynch might not be much of a much of a, an asset for him. So, but he's he's continuing to be stubborn with that and doesn't want to pay thirty million dollars a year, which makes sense considering some of the the big contracts he already has signed to the defensive side of the ball, especially with Von Miller. Uh, but you're right, you're absolutely right. Minnesota has a perfect blend of cap space as well as talent. I mean, we talked about the Adam Thielen, Stefan Diggs conversation in comparison last week, and who would you rather have? Well, I'd like to have both of them if Kirk Cousins is throwing them the football. And you're also going to see, I think, uh, even bigger uptick for Kyle Rudolph as well. So um, I think that it, it makes perfect sense also because they got Dalvin Cook and a great defense. Yeah, I do think one interesting thing the, that Minnesota will have to consider is if they do sign Cousins. I think it's going to make it difficult for them to hang on to Stefan Diggs mm. uh, going forward because Cousins is just going to take so much so much money. Right. Um, so that could be a, a challenge for them beyond this year. And actually, the Broncos, while they they don't have as much cap space now, they've got a lot of people they could cut mm-hmm. to get there. Uh, most notably, probably uh, Talib. Uh, he could be cut and save them a ton of money. So they do have an outside shot there. Uh, but I still think the Vikings are are the front. I think they have an outside shot if they want it. I really don't think Denver wants to make that commitment in Cousins. I think that Elway either thinks Paxton Lynch is still going to be something or he has his eyes set on one of the quarterbacks in this draft perhaps. Uh, but So tell me from a dynasty perspective, what would your 
mindset be if the Broncos signed Cousins and then like a week later cut Demarius? <laughs> hey, <laughs> I mean, that would be frustrating. However, I still think Demarius is a talented player, and if he lands anywhere with a quarterback, he's going to be a thousand-yard receiver. And, and I think he's like a rock-solid a rock solid wide receiver too, no matter where he goes. Yeah. Uh, you know, obviously he had his elite years with Peyton Manning, but uh, he struggled to get back there since then because of the shaky quarterback play. But to go back to the Vikings real quick, um, you know they also have to make a decision on Xavier Rhodes in a few years too. He's going to be big money. The defense of the cornerback, yeah. uh, and, and they also have a great defense too. So, you know, a lot of times I hate seeing for a year or two it could be a good move that they get. Kirk Cousins, but long term, I mean, based on how well Case Keenum played, is Kirk Cousins going to be that much better than Case Keenum was this year? Uh, the answer is probably not that much better, but I think part of the decision is do the Vikings really think that Case Keenum right. will be as good as Case Keenum was? Correct. Uh, and I think that answer is probably no. <laughs> uh, <laughs> yeah, no. I, which should give up that should give other teams pause uh, in signing Keenum, but it won't. Right, and that he'll be. We'll, we'll talk about him real quick because he's going to be a very interesting player on the open market. But uh, to, to button up this Kirk Cousins conversation, you know, I think we're both in agreement that he's going to be a Minnesota Viking once the dust settles. If he is a Viking, where does he rank in your in your quarterback standings, uh, not only for 2018, but also for 2019, 2020, 2021? I am not really a Cousins fan. I'll say that. Um, and, I, and I don't know that going to Minnesota boosts his his fantasy value all that much. I don't know that the quarterback of the Minnesota Vikings is a fantasy rich position. Um, Not since Dante Culpepper, baby. (laughs) He could really throw that ball (laughs) to Randy Moss, huh? Uh, uh, Yeah. So I don't really, I don't really see it changing all that much, mostly because I don't think cousins is, is a great fantasy quarterback. Mm -hmm. He's put up some numbers before, but going to that Minnesota offense, they're going to run the ball. They're going to throw 50 times a game to Adam Thielen for eight-yard games. Oh, beautiful. Uh, beautiful. <laughs> yeah. So it might boost them a little bit, but I'm not moving them up all that much. So I, I think that we'll probably agree with this, like a low-end QB1, not only for 2018 but also in the future. Yeah. Yeah. I think so. That's fair. And, I, and God, and you know what? That's got to be my strategy going into the draft next year because there's so many good quarterbacks this year. And as much as I want to draft Tom Brady, uh, you know, first overall – I'm definitely going to have to wait on quarterbacks, it looks like, because, you know, the, the 14th, 15th, 16th quarterback this year was pretty solid. But and that takes us to Case Keenum, who we mentioned before. If we see Minnesota take Kirk Cousins, where do you see Case Keenum going? Well, I think Keenum will have a few choices. Um, so there's there's numerous teams, obviously, that need quarterbacks, but not all those teams would make sense for Keenum, in my opinion. Um, I think Keenum is is an option for a team who needs a quarterback and who is contending. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm not really sure why a team like the Browns or the Jets, uh, what what Keenum would do for them. Um, they need a bridge guy maybe, but Keenum is like slightly better than a bridge guy maybe at this point. Um, so a team like Buffalo, a team like Denver, a team like Arizona, I think would be the ones that would be after his services. And I think I would go with Arizona on that. Primarily because they're going to be the most desperate. Right. Um, they need a quarterback, and they don't really have the draft capital to 
make that happen in the draft. Mm-hmm. So they're going to have to make it happen in free agency, and Keenum's probably going to be the best available. Yeah, I could definitely see that, and I could definitely see him get signed to a front-loaded contract, much like uh, Brock Osweiler or Andy Dalton, where all the guaranteed money's in year one or year two. So if he turns back into the case Keenum from the Rams a couple years ago, then it's really not going to hurt you long term. Uh, but you brought up a good point with Buffalo. Uh, I think I think Buffalo is an option for him. You know, they're obviously going to move on from Tyrod Taylor, which I have mixed emotions on. It's probably the best move, and you can probably comment on that. But um, but the to the your main point though that the Browns don't make sense for him, the Jets don't make sense for him. You're absolutely right. I think that those two teams are going to look at a uh, rookie in the draft. Um, unless Sam Bradford goes to one of those teams, you know, inevitably goes to one of those teams. Um, but, yeah, Keenum, I, I would like him to the Cardinals, mainly because it would save the fantasy value of Larry Fitzgerald for one more year, and which is likely his last year. Uh, but I feel like we've been saying that for the past three years. But, um, you know, that, that team is still – they got hurt big time with injuries, obviously, to Carson Palmer David Johnson this year. Their defense is pr- still pretty solid. They have Tyron Matthew, uh, Patrick Peterson, Chandler Jones, uh, Clayus Campbell on the Jacksonville Jaguars. I take that back. Uh, but they're a pretty good team, and they are probably a quarterback away from at least being a contender in the NFC West. So I do like, I do like the idea of Keenum to, to Arizona. Yeah, speaking of uh, Fitzgerald, he was he's been recruiting cousins, <laughs> which I thought was funny because he's not going to be there after. Right, after one year. <laughs> right. So he's like, hey man, come with me, right. and then I'm going to bounce. And I feel like that's still pretty illegal because isn't Kirk Cousins technically uh, on the Redskins still? Uh, yeah, and, I think you're and right. that's what's getting lost in this whole thing is that Snyder could come down and just say, "Hey, I'm going to sign you the, you know, offer you the the franchise tag like a lunatic that he is." Um, and Kirk Cousins, there were rumors, rumors of that happening, right. but I can't imagine. Right? Yeah, I mean, no team would give him anything because they know they're not going to sign. You know, I, I, but I would not put it past Dean Snyder to spend sixty million dollars on a quarterback right. this year. He's he's nuts. <laughs> uh, so you mentioned Keenum to Buffalo. I guess I'd be curious. Um, because the whole Tyrod Taylor versus Case Keenum, who's better for the Bills, yeah. uh, if you want to talk about that, I think I think what matters is how much money Keenum is going to, is going to command. Mm-hmm. So what would a contract for Case Keenum even look like? Oh, God, I don't know. Because Tyrod, I mean, Tyrod is going to, he's going to make, what, $18 million or something like that with his bonus, yeah. if you count that. Um, is Keenum going to be less expensive than that? More expensive I, than that? I think so. Like, wouldn't it make sense to go like three years, thirty-six million, with eighteen to twenty of that guaranteed? So basically, you're paying him for two yeah. years. Um, so then, if Keenum is less expensive than Tyrod Taylor, then I would say that's a good move for the Bills. Yeah. I think Bills fans are going to get uh, similar production from the two guys, just in a very different way. Right. Um, and I don't think they're gonna. There's a noticeable difference between the two. I guess if you could save money getting the same production, that's great. In the end, you'll be eight and eight, and maybe make the playoffs. Yeah, <laughs> it feels like the Kyle Orton experiment, just like six years earlier in his career. <laughs> but but no matter what you guys do, there will be a gentleman in the parking lot spraying uh, mustard and ketchup all over himself. So that works. That that there will <laughs> Pinto Ron. God, what a dirt ball! What an absolute dirt ball! <laughs> Do you think we could get him as a follower? No, nah, I'm good. I'm all set. I'll, I'll get out of the podcast game if that dirtball follows us. I can't stand him. Oh, my God. I'm going to tweet at him and see what happens. <laughs> Does that guy even have a phone? I feel like he has a flip phone. He might. He, he plays Snake on his Nokia. Um, all right. So so here's the, here's the question, too. So 
We've talked about one Vikings quarterback. Now there's two other Vikings quarterbacks that have some potential to be solid starters in the NFL, and that's Teddy Bridgewater as well as Sam Bradford. Bridgewater, I don't even know what to think with him. Uh, you know, there's there's rumors that he's getting he's getting some some uh, some heat as a as a starter. Um, I don't I don't or interest as a starter. I, I don't know who could put their faith in him, considering we haven't seen anything from him in about two years. Sam Bradford looked fantastic in that one game, and then he hurt his knee, and he was out for the rest of the season. And we know the story with Sam Bradford. So I mentioned Bradford to the Browns. I feel like that makes way too much sense. I think he's going to be added to that list of all the the Browns quarterbacks, uh, or added to the jersey with all the Browns starting quarterbacks on Tim Couch. Uh, where do you see either of those two guys going, and will it is what's the percentage chance that it doesn't end miserably? <laughs> I think it's it has a better chance of ending well for Bridgewater than it does for Bradford. Oh wow! Uh, okay. I think we've seen enough of Bradford. We know what he is. He's going to play at an above average level for six or seven games a year, and then sit out the rest. Right. Uh, so somebody will sign him because, again, like Arizona conversation, there are teams that are desperate mm-hmm. for quarterbacks, and there are only so many available. Uh, but I feel like whoever signs Bradford is not only signing Bradford. They're bringing somebody else in well, they have to, yeah. as, as well because you can't just go in with Bradford, right? So no. um, I think Bradford to Denver makes sense uh, because he's probably good enough of a quarterback to help them win games, mm-hmm. and they're a team that is ready to win games. Yeah. Um, but they're also going to probably back that up with, with a quarterback picked. Uh, probably at at number five, but maybe they wait later and bring in a second tier yeah. guy. But I think that they would go double down with Bradford and a rookie at five, knowing that at some point in that season that rookie's probably going to yeah. play. If they take a quarterback, I still think Elway loves Paxton Lynch and his wispy mustache, but I, I don't know. I don't. He know. might. Um, so I think they're taking a quarterback. They're, they're, they can't. They they saw the uh, Simeon Lynch <laughs> experiment oh, God. up close and personal. Yeah, it was brutal. Yeah, absolutely brutal. Um, but Bridgewater, so I don't think Bridgewater is a starter in 2018. Mm-hmm. Um, now, he may get a shot, again, because teams are desperate, but I like a, a better fit for Bridgewater to me would be signing a like a three-year deal or a two, maybe a two-year deal, three-year deal, and going to one of these teams with an aging star quarterback. New England? Uh, maybe I'm thinking the Giants. Okay, uh, where Shermer went from Minnesota yeah. to New York, and I'm thinking Bridgewater could go there and sit behind Eli for a year, and uh, then get his shot. That'll give him a chance to get his legs back under him, get get the flow of the game and everything. That's probably what's best for him. Um, but somebody may like, for example, let's say Arizona doesn't get Case Keenum. Mm-hmm. Uh, they're going to need somebody to play and I can see them looking at Bridgewater Bridgewater and putting them in um, but I think a better move for him would be a team with an, eight, an aging quarterback so you've got uh, the New Orleans the San Diego's the New England's of the world the Giants um, and so on and so forth there's a lot of those guys getting older right uh, that they're going to need need somebody behind them. Yeah, and you know what the interesting thing is? So obviously the draft happens after free agency, but I wonder how much a team's strategy changes or what their strategy is going into free agency versus the draft. So you're, you're talking about a team like the Giants, and you know I've seen Josh Rosen and a lot of mocks going to the Giants at two. 
But, you know, what's the better option? To get a guy like Bridgewater than maybe draft a, a guy like Saquon at two or, or Nick Chubb, the D-end, at, at, uh, at two instead, and then get your quarterback in free agency? So, you know, we talk about all these scenarios, but we really obviously don't know what these GM's plans are. And I'm curious, you know, what would be the better outcome? And I'm really not too sure because I think it could really go either way. And, and obviously it comes down to, you know, what percentage of the salary cap is, is going to go to a guy like Bridgewater versus a guy like Rosen and what else the GM can do with that. Um, yeah. So, I don't know. We'll see. There's a, cu- a couple of assumptions there would be that Bridgewater's contract would be fairly affordable. Right. Um, he's probably not getting big dollars, I would imagine. And then if, you, if you're the Giants and you bring in Bridgewater – that opens up your possibilities to either take Barkley, who's probably the best player in the draft, or maybe more importantly, trade down mm-hmm. uh, and get a get a pretty good bevy of picks later in the draft. Sure, so. sure. So I think we kind of beat to death the quarterbacks, um, you know. But but then again, I think this is probably the most interesting offseason I can remember for quarterbacks because there's really. You know, Kirk Cousins is probably the biggest star in a long time to be to be a free agent and be on the open market. Uh, but let's let's switch gears a little bit and go to running back, because while it's not a deep class, uh, there is some there is talent at the top end in Le'Veon Bell, which I think we both agree we don't see him going anywhere. Um, but after that, there's some solid fantasy contributors um, that might be changing teams or might be staying home. I'm not too sure yet. I'm still kind of on the fence for a couple of the guys that we're going to talk about. Uh, and the first one is kind of close and hit, hits home a little bit because I'm a big fan of this player. But uh, Dion Lewis really came on in the second half of the year last year for the new, the Patriots once Mike Gillisley, uh pretty much sucked and didn't do anything except for fumble and be inactive on Sundays. Um, but now Dion Lewis, the, the rumors are that he's commanding six to seven million dollars a year, which it would be very surprising if Bill Belichick paid that kind of money to a running back. So if Dion Lewis prices himself out of New England, where do you see him landing and what's the most ideal landing spot for fantasy purposes? So he fits in so many different places. Um, so many so many places because of the way that he, the way that he plays the game. But I, I think the 49ers is a, is a great fit for, for Deion Lewis. Um, their running back situation, it's, it's unsettled. We don't know what's happening with Carlos Hyde. Uh, they drafted Matt Bryda, but I don't think he's a long-term answer for them. Um, and they also have a Jeremy, you know, Jeremy McNichols too, who, you know, that's who, who stinks, but still he's, he's there. Well, then he, never mind. And, they don't need Deion Lewis. And your boy, and your boy, you love Joe Williams. You love Joe Williams. Joe Williams, the <laughs> the next, the second coming of uh, Adrian Peterson, who never saw the field. Uh, no, I think they need a player. I think they probably need multiple players. They've got plenty of cap space. Mm-hmm. Uh, Deion Lewis, the way he plays, I think he fits with what the coaching staff likes to do there in San Francisco. Um, so I think that's a good fit. A good fit. For him. No, I, I agree. I mean, you're looking at teams that are RB needy, like Seattle, um, Oakland might be. Um, the 49ers obviously are. The Packers are. But I, I think that Dion's skill set of being able to run between the tackles, but also as more of a scat pack as well. I think does fit the 49ers the best. The other team to take a look at, who they thought they had this player on the roster in Amir Abdullah, uh, and a smaller version of him in Javid Best, but. Abdullah couldn't stay healthy or just was just didn't do anything this year. And Riddick is just, I don't know, he's, he's just slightly better than, than average. 
I think maybe if you bring a guy like Dion Lewis into the Lions and he's he's an impact player and a difference maker, uh, that that could be a big step for that team that has been relying. They haven't had a running back since Barry Sanders. I, I thought you were a big Riddick fan. I'm not a huge Riddick fan. I like him. I like him. I'm not a huge. I mean, I think that he's a great change of pace guy. I think he's. So, so you only tell me that when you're trying to trade him. Of to course, me. of course. Sell, 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 baby. Sell, sell, sell. <laughs> I mean, I, I think Riddick, he, he's a good fantasy player. I mean, he's going to get you five, six catches a game. But Deion Lewis, he was just so impactful this year for the Patriots. I and mean, he was a huge reason why when that, that the passing game couldn't get going, he was a big reason why that offense started to hum. Um, but Yeah. What, what, about the, what about the Titans for Deion Lewis? So I'm pretty sure we think that DeMarco Murray is done in Tennessee. Oh, yeah, long gone. Uh, so Derrick Henry is going to be the guy, but – do we really think they're going with just Derrick Henry, or are they going to bring in a compliment to his skill set? And would Deion Lewis not be the perfect compliment? I think he would be a very good compliment. However, I think that he wants to get RB1 money, and I'm not sure Tennessee wants to pay that when they already have Derrick Henry. Uh, you know, Derrick Henry is not – he really hasn't proven much other than a few big games, so I, I definitely do think they need to bring in – uh, a solid veteran to play alongside him, but more as a, a compliment and not not somebody that's going to take 15 touches a game. Uh, so what about the Redskins? I mean, the Redskins had Chris Thompson last year who was really good, uh, but there's been rumors going around that the GM said that they have to upgrade the running back game, and Samaje P. Ryan didn't really impress much last year. Uh, Rob Kelly stinks, and you know Matt Jones is long gone, so... I think. Do we think they're already done with with P Ryan? I don't know if they're done, but I, don't, I just don't think that he is the. I don't think he's the guy they thought he was, and I don't think they they believe that he is uh, a capable RB one. I mean, once at this point in the offseason, you're hearing his name being floated or the position being stated that we have to improve at this position. That's usually not a uh, a good sign for your long term. Um, your long-term planning as the running yeah. back of that squad. Well, I will say this. If there was a team that was going to overpay Deion Lewis, I think it would be the Yes, <laughs> absolutely. <laughs> and you know what? Deion right now, honestly, he's looking for a payday, and I don't blame him. Uh, obviously, when he signed with the, with the Patriots, it was after he had the ankle injury with the Browns, um, and he got signed to cheap money. He had a great – Great start to the season, I think, two years ago with the Patriots and then signed a two-year, like, $3 million deal and blew his knee out a few weeks later. Um, and he's finally back to 100% health, and I think he's, he's like, this is my last chance to cash in. And the Patriots know that. He knows that. It kind of reminds me of when Shane Vereen left after 2014 or something like that. Um, it was kind of a mutual, amicable split. Um, but if they can come to an agreement and come, he can – you know, take four to five million, and Bill decides that's enough. Or that's a, that's a fair value for him. I would really, really hope for that because I do think he's a great player, and um, also have him on that Das House squad. So, um, if you're a team that needs a running back, why are you signing a free agent? The draft is loaded, loaded this year. Loaded with yeah. running backs. They're going to be younger. They're going to be cheaper, mm-hmm. uh, and you're definitely going to have a shot to get one of them. So why why are you looking at a Deion Lewis or a Carlos Hyde who are good players but they're not going to change your outcome and you're going to pay them 
so much more money. Because I think it just goes back to what we talk about as fantasy owners, you know, and how I don't trust Saquon Barkley necessarily because you do see a bust out in rookies. I mean, when P. Ryan, I mean, look at Joe Mixon last year. He was supposed to be the you know, the greatest running back since Walter Payton, pretty much. If you if you read all the the, the dynasty and the fantasy bloggers, um, and he disappointed. I mean, I don't think that was all his fault, and I'm not going to put the nail in the coffin for his career, but. You know, the the history tells us that more likely than not, these running backs aren't going to be great, and they're not going to be what they're all built up to. So I think if you saw a Deion Lewis who was electric, Carlos Hyde who was fantastic, um, you know, Doug Martin even who was a cheap option and the Patriots could look at, you know, they have a track history. They, they've done it before now, or a track record. They've done it before now. Will they continue to do it? Uh, who knows? I'm not sure. But at least you have the tape of them doing it against NFL competition. That makes sense. I wouldn't do it if I was a GM, but I guess you go with the devil you know versus the devil you don't. Right. I mean, and you, and you, you hate risk. You hate it. I do. <laughs> I do. So Carlos Hyde, real quick. Um, I think he. I think his best option is to stay in San Francisco, but if Kyle Shanahan decides that he's not going to fit in the the 49ers' long term plans, uh, where where else do you think he could go? Where he could be, if healthy, you know, a low end RB one, high end RB two. Yeah. So again, I think there's a lot of places Hyde would fit. Um, so one one thought I had was the Jets. Mm. They've got tons of cap space. Mm-hmm. Uh, they're going to strike out on the quarterback market. I think. So they're not going to be using any of that cap space on a quarterback. They need playmakers. Uh, Forte's gone. Um, that leaves them with, what, just Bilal Powell yep. or Eli McGuire. Um, so Hyde would fit there, and they could pay him the most probably. Mm-hmm. Um, but I actually like uh, I like the idea of Carlos Hyde going to Oakland. Yeah. Um, that would probably require Oakland to move on from Lynch. Right. But I, think, I feel like that might happen anyways. And Hyde is a pretty good substitute there in, on that on that offense. Yeah, the Marshawn Lynch to Oakland uh, experiment was cute for at, at times. It, it was just weird. It was just a weird marriage. Um, I mean, John Gruden saying everything that he's going to stay. You know, we want to have a smash mouth football team. I want to line up on a fullback and just you know run the eye. And Marshawn Lynch is perfect for that. It's just, is he, with all the other stuff that comes with him, is he worth it? Uh, and I, I'm pretty sure Marshawn Lynch is going to be about $6 million against the cap this year. So would you rather have Carlos Hyde for $6 million bucks? Probably. I think that was probably a better option. Um, the other guy, too, is, who's in the AFC West right now, who's a cut candidate, is C.J. Anderson. And I think he would be a pretty good fit in Oakland if he does, in fact, get cut by Denver. Um, what do you think the chances are that Denver moves on from C.J. Anderson, and, and where do you like him to go next year for uh, your fantasy squads? Yeah, so interesting question. Um, so, like a lot of these decisions, I just wonder, like, so if they move on from C.J. Anderson, what's what's the better option that they have? So is it is it a second or third round running back uh, in the draft? Um and that might make sense. C.J. Anderson is a decent player. He's not a great player. Um, if he's not going to cost that much, I would probably keep him on board mm-hmm. uh, and then bring in another another young back and let them compete for the job. Uh, they did draft, uh, what was his name, D'Angelo Devontae Bo- oh, Devontae Booker, too, two years ago. Yeah, they still have Devontae Booker, but we haven't seen him do anything, right. really. Um, so they have some young backs already on the roster. 
Uh, I don't know. C.J. Anderson, he's an enigma to me. I don't know if he's good. I don't know if he's yeah. worth money. I don't I don't know what his deal is. But I think he's good he's a- when there's a good quarterback under center. You know, I think if, if he's going against soft defensive fronts and, and defenses are, are not planning to, to stop him, I think he's a good player, which, well, duh. Um, <laughs> but but once he has to face, I guess, you know, like he's not a great player like Adrian Peterson was where you stuff, you know, nine in the box and he's still going to run for five, six yards. I mean, it's pretty easy to stop C.J. Anderson, as we've seen. Um, but I, I, so, I, I do love when we talk with like players like Devontae Booker because I feel like in this house, our, our salary cap league, we've treated him to each other back and forth like three or four times. <laughs> and he has yet to score any points. Yes. <laughs> So actually, C.J. Anderson to the Lions would be an interesting, yeah, interesting, yeah, match. because he he's a, actually a really good compliment to Theo Reddick. You know, I mean, yeah. Anderson can catch balls on the backfield; it's not his specialty. But you know, sh- uh, first, second down, goal line situations, short down situations, C.J. Anderson would be perfect there. And, and you're right; I mean, um, they have a solid quarterback. Uh, good receivers, decent defense. Yeah, actually, you know, it's a good one, Steve Reno. I, I like that one. So what do we think the Buccaneers are going to do at running back? They got to draft somebody, they, right? They've moved on from from Martin. Uh, they're not going to get Barkley, most likely. They maybe they could if he slipped. Yeah. They're not going to get Barkley in the draft. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that's an interesting team. They definitely need a running back. Um, that could be a good fit for a Carlos Hyde potentially. Yeah. Uh, or an Isaiah Crowell, even, and then maybe draft somebody in the second or third mm-hmm. round. I feel like, and I'm gonna, I'm pretty sure you pronounce his name, Geis. Darius Geis from LSU, right? Is it, is, I want to say Juice. I, just call him, I call him Juice. I want to say Juice. Sounds yeah, it sounds a lot cooler. Sounds much yeah, Geis just sounds weird. So let's call, we're gonna call him Juice, okay? Yeah. <laughs> I think a guy like him, um, either in the tail end of the first round or early second round, could be a good option for them. Uh, I think he's got the opportunity to be. Um, you know, more of a three-down back, and I, that's what they need there in 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 Tampa Bay. They thought they had that in Doug Martin after his great rookie year, where he caught like fifty or sixty balls and also ran for thirteen hundred yards or so. But he never panned out. And, you know, or every two years he was good. Uh, so I, I think that they just need that solid running game behind Jameis Winston to kind of protect him a little bit, and that would make that offense electric if they had a good running game. I think. Right. So I think that I think that's a team that'll that'll attack the the running back position in the draft, um, you know, much to your your suggestion back earlier in this conversation. So um, running backs, you know, again, like we mentioned, uh, a little bit of top end talent, not a ton of depth here. I don't think it'll be a huge running back, uh, you know. Um, rotation here uh, as, as players sign with other teams. But wide receiver has some interesting names that, that could definitely impact fantasy squads. And the first one is is the guy who's getting a ton of play right now on all the major fantasy sites and, and sports sites is Jarvis Landry, who quickly got tagged by the Miami Dolphins. Landry and the Dolphins have been talking for what seems like a year plus about this extension, and just simply they couldn't get it done. And I think what's happening is I think Jarvis Landry wants – Top tier wide receiver money, and he's a slot guy. I mean, he's he's yeah, he had a hundred something catches and a bunch of touchdowns last year, but that was really not the norm for him. Um, I think I think he averaged like eight yards a catch this year or something like that. So he's a glorified running back um, that relies on his quarterback. So you know when he gets tagged quickly. To me, that means that they're trying to work out a trade for him. Uh, I saw rumors that quickly got shot down that 
the Bears are offering Jordan Howard for him straight up. But what do you think is going to happen with Jarvis Landry? Is he going to get paid like a top guy? And is it going to be in Miami or is it going to be elsewhere? I definitely think it's going to be elsewhere. Uh, my feeling is that the Dolphins don't intend to keep him. They tagged him with the intent to trade yeah. him. Um, what his long-term contract looks like from a dollar perspective eludes me a little bit. I think it's less than the current tag amount for sure. Um, but he's going to get paid. Yeah. Uh, and so a guy like Landry who's going to get paid and who does the things that you were just talking about him doing, which is nothing spectacular, just catch short passes, mm-hmm. uh, that's going to be a team that's really desperate for wide receiver yeah. help. Um, and so the Cleveland Browns come along. <laughs> <laughs> A team that's desperate for playmakers, uh, a team who's got plenty of, of draft capital. Um, Chicago actually makes a lot of sense. I just that trade doesn't with Jordan Howard doesn't seem to be the one, right. but uh, that would be a good fit for him too. I think the int- two interesting teams uh, to keep an eye on is the first one's the Ravens, who I don't like the fit there because I just think Flacco stinks, but. The other team with a ton of cap space, even though they just signed Garoppolo to that crazy deal, is the 49ers. And Kyle Shanahan, he's creative enough to turn Jarvis Landry into a player that I think can produce as a true number one wide receiver. I mean, think of like the days of, you know, Marvin Harrison getting 100 something, 120 catches or something stupid like that from Peyton Manning. Um, you know, or more somebody that's more in similar position in the slot, a Wes Welker with the Patriots when he had 120 catches and like 1,300 yards or something. I think that Shanahan could definitely utilize a guy like Landry a little bit better than Gase could in Miami. However, and this is a, a very minimal however because I think they can move on from this contract easily, is Pierre Garçon plays a similar position to Jarvis Landry, and even though he got hurt last year and missed most of the season, he was pretty productive while um, he was on the field. So um, maybe that the 49ers aren't the best bet for him. But I think that if, if you see him go to the 49ers, his fantasy stock will go through the roof, and I think that would only help a guy like Jimmy Garoppolo um, – you know, uh, pay back what you're going to spend as a QB1 in trade or in drafting. Yeah, I think that would be a good fit. And Garcon may not be uh, the long – he's not the long-term answer, obviously. So even if they don't get rid of Garcon, if they brought both of them yeah. in, and they could figure out how to make that work. A guy close to your heart, you love him big time, so much. Sammy Watkins, what is he and where is he going? Is he staying with the Rams? Is he good? What is he? <laughs> Well, he's only 24. Jeez. Uh, I feel like he's been in league for like forgotten. 10 years. <laughs> I had forgotten that he was only 24. Uh, he's obviously extremely talented. He's had good seasons. Um, so I still think he's a player. Uh, he hasn't done anything recently. I still I think that some team is going to give him a contract uh, to let him prove that he's a player. And I don't think that's going to be in, in uh, L.A. Yeah. I know you've said before that um, what they gave up to get him means that they're probably going to keep him, but uh, I don't see them paying him a lot given all the other guys that they have. Right. I mean, they just traded Robert Quinn, which gave up, like, I think that moved, like, $11 million. So I think Watkins is up for that fifth-year extension, right? 
Yeah. Yeah. So I think they could just tag him with that, give him that fifth year extension, and say, you know, it's a prove it deal, and see if you can turn into the guy that we think you are. And if you are, we'll give you that big time wide receiver money. So. That's my thought on that. I, I think he ultimately stays in L.A., but say he doesn't stay in L.A., what teams do you like him to potentially go to in free agency? I like Watkins to the Ravens. Oh, okay. Uh, so the Ravens need wide receiver help. They have for a long time. Yeah, and they're going to overhaul overhaul that wide receiver because Jeremy Macklin didn't work out. Prashad Perryman stinks. Uh, they're basically starting from scratch. Yeah, yeah. So I feel like bringing Watkins in um, into Baltimore would give them that he's a young player. Uh, he's gonna, he's probably not going to be that expensive, although they'll pay him more to get him from the Rams. He's still only 24 years old. He can be a game breaker, uh, and he has he has some ties to the Ravens coaching staff. Uh, so I, I think that that would be a good fit for Watkins. Uh, the only downside of that is that, uh, as you said earlier, they're quarterbacks. <laughs> but what he's good at is throwing <laughs> the ball really far, and Watkins is a pretty good deep ball tracker. So uh, I, I think that's a good fit for him. Um, you know, we can I'm – not, I'm not sure – I'm just having a hard time looking at fits for him because I do think that he's going to be a Ram uh, in 2018. But, you know, it, it's just – it's a weird situation because he was so good and he was so terrible last year. And I just – I don't understand why. I mean – in our in one of our dynasty leagues, you gave him up for an early first round pick this year, right? Yes, that was looking like a great. Deal. Yeah, I mean his value's still there because I think to your point, he's still twenty four years old. He came, you know, highly touted first round pick uh, out of Clemson. The the Bills traded up to get him. He's a, the guy has all the potential to be a stud, but obviously he's had those foot injuries. Is his head fully there? I'm not sure. I still think he needs a full full off season in the LA in the Rams system uh, in order for him to really, um, I guess, maximize his potential in that offense. Because I just I've, I've seen him be an elite wide receiver in the NFL, and again, it's not like he's 31, 32 and he's over the hill. He's twenty four in the prime of his career right now. Um, if if he stays with the Rams and they find his potential, that team is scary. I mean, Cooper Cup is already at a Hall of Fame pace, and <laughs> Hall of Fame pace. You got Robert Woods, who's not far behind. <laughs> oh God, I love that you're a Bills fan. It makes me so happy. <laughs> uh, any other wide receivers that you're, you're itching to talk about? Because again, much like the running backs, I think there's a few guys we can talk about at the top of the of free agency. Uh, but you can get into like you know the Jordan Matthews of the world, Terrell Pryor, Eric Decker, John Browns. Uh, anybody else that you think could be uh, could see their fantasy value go up in this free agency period? I'm curious to see what happens with Marquise Lee. Mm. Uh, I don't really know how or where he fits. I, I guess I don't think Jacksonville is going to bring him back. Uh, if they have Robinson coming back, they found uh, – Well, they're probably, probably going to franchise tag Allen Robinson, right? I think yeah, they already have. They found some players in Cole yeah. and D.D. Westbrook. Um, do they really need Marquise Lee, and would they really want to pay him? Right. So I think he's going somewhere. Um, I just don't know where he fits. Uh, he could fit in Arizona, maybe. Yeah. Uh, so I think that's an interesting one. He's he's still fairly young as well. Yes. Yeah. I like Paul Richardson. I think you know we finally saw Richardson be healthy this year, 
And he was a great number two on a Seahawks team that's often that's often kind of struggled this year. I feel like I think that he could remember when Marvin Jones got that big contract uh, after being in Cincinnati for a couple of years. He got the big contract with Detroit. I feel like Paul Richardson in what's somewhat of a weak wide receiver core or free agency wide receiver group. Somehow Paul Richardson could cash out in like a seven eight million dollar contract, and people are like, well, what really? And then you know we saw this year. Jones was a thousand yard receiver, sixty catches, um, solid wide receiver too in fantasy. Uh, I could I could see Paul Richardson being that guy going to a team like maybe Chicago. Uh, Chicago needs somebody if Kevin White doesn't come back. Uh, maybe even Tennessee if they lose Decker. Um, you know, obviously they have uh, Corey Davis and Rashard Matthews, but. Uh, he, Richard Matthews doesn't scare anybody, but Paul Richardson could be a nice outside threat on that on that squad. Uh, what I mean, what do you, are we? Re- what about Dante Moncrief? What is he? He's he's great when Andrew Luck is in the, in the lineup, but any other time he's terrible. Yeah, that's a great question. Uh, I think he stays where he where he is, uh, just because he had one good season. Um, He's not going to command probably a very good deal out of the market, mm. so he may be better off just staying where he is on a short-term deal, uh, and then and seeing if he can earn a bigger contract. Yeah, yeah. So, I'm also pretty sure. Can we just agree that Pryor's going back? To- <laughs> he has to, right? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, Hugh Jackson loves him. He's going to. The Browns are going to sign AJ McCarron. How do we not talk about AJ McCarron? Oh, we totally messed up. Start the totally pot over. Start, start. Start it start over. <laughs> I mean, we need more time on McCarron. <laughs> Hugh Jackson's going to he's going to sign AJ McCarron. He's going to bring back Trell Pryor. He's going to sign Jeremy Hill, okay? Browns Super Bowl 2018 book it. Hot take. <laughs> <laughs> that is a hot take. Actually, I agree with most of that. You threw me off guard when you brought your boy Jeremy Hill back into the Listen, I always had to bring Jeremy Hill. The conversation always circles back to Jeremy Hill. We you always know that. He's not getting a contract. <laughs> God, Jim. <laughs> it's over. I, I will buy a, a Patriots Jeremy Hill jersey if they sign him. Because although I suppose if we're living in a world where Kirk Cousins is worth thirty million and Paul Richardson <laughs> is worth eight million, yeah. I guess Jeremy Hill is probably worth one or two. <laughs> oh God, come to the Patriots, Jeremy. Please, please come to the Patriots. It'd be like Antoine I Smith two point oh. We I know that we already agree uh, that. Doug Martin's going to the Patriots. He has to, right? I mean, yeah. you know, Shiano drafted him. Shiano loves Belichick, unless unless Shiano tells Belichick that hey, Martin's a, a jackass. That's the only that's the only reason why I couldn't see it happening. But that seems like a, the perfect perfect fit. And yeah. who knows? Who Speak, knows? Speaking of the Patriots, are we talking about tight ends at all? Or We're no? on to tight ends. What do you, what do you got? What are the chances that Jimmy Graham would <laughs> become a Patriot? Oh man. What if I told you four years ago that Rob Gronkowski and Jimmy Graham could be on the same roster? <laughs> right. Um, I, I, I wrote in the notes uh, that Jimmy Graham could be the new Aaron Hurd. Well, he, he's not going to kill a guy or, or multiple people. Right. Not, not off the field, yes. but on the field. I mean, they're very different players on the field um, and off the field. But... Could it happen? I mean, what's Jimmy Graham going to command on the open market? It's, you know, we talked about this last time. Right now, Rob Grunk, they already have $40 million tied into their tight ends or something like something stupid like that between Martellus Bennett, um, Dwayne Allen, and Gronkowski. 
Obviously, they can move on from Martellus and Dwayne Allen pretty easily, I'd say. And there's obviously the rumors of Gronkowski becoming the next WWE star. But I, I don't know. I don't see it happening. The Pats, the Pats could, according to my uh, my sources here, which is a website, oh. <laughs> <laughs> the Patriots could save $11 million by cutting Allen, Dwayne Allen, and Martellus. Okay, well, if that's the case and you, you throw seven of that at, at Jimmy Graham, I'd be pretty happy with that. Um, yeah, they could totally pull that off. Yeah, I, it, could it happen? Maybe I don't know. It's just weird. I mean, I, I mean, I'm I'm getting kind of a uh, chubby thinking about it. But having <laughs> having you know Gronk and Jimmy Graham lined up to, next to each other like on the ten yard line or something like that. I mean, yeah, that would be awesome. <laughs> I could. I have this feeling that the Patriots are gonna make a bunch of moves, even though they really don't have that great of a cap situation right now, mm. but they could do some things to get there. Right, right. And I feel like they're going to make a bunch of moves to load that offense up uh, and make make their last final run. I mean, they're already probably a favorite, but they just want to load up. Yeah. So I, I'm seeing Jimmy Graham. They had Doug Martin. Mm. Um, who knows? There could be some other uh, cap casualties that they look to sign. That's their, their M.O. Yeah. So I like the idea of Graham to New England. I think a player that's more like an Aaron Hernandez type physically, athletically, is like a Trey Burton. Um, I mean, he'd obviously be, or most likely would be a lot cheaper than Jimmy Graham. I see him as a better fit in New England as more of a over-the-middle type player of, of a hybrid tight end wide receiver. Uh, as much as I'd love to see Jimmy Graham there, I think Burton is, is a better fit. But... In, in you know is does that mean that they move on from Martellus Bennett and Dwayne Allen? I think they'd have absolutely no issues cutting Dwayne Allen. The guy was worthless as a receiver, pretty good blocker for us, but or f- worthless, worthless receiver. Uh, Mart- and I think I think we've seen that Trey Burton could also double as uh, Brady's backup quarterback. That's true. Yeah. Hey, why do you got Why do you got to bring that up, you asshole? I got to bring that up. It's still it's still raw. Uh, yeah. Too soon. Yeah. 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 But no, I mean, the, the the Patriots will definitely be in play for a tight end, and I wouldn't be shocked if they went after Tal Eifert too, or at least considered it, because he's a free agent. Uh, we've seen him play at an All Pro caliber or Pro Bowl caliber, um, hampered with injuries, but I think not injuries that are career threatening by any by any stretch of the imagination. Um, but I mean, those are the four main tight ends we talked about. What other team do you think could make a play for a tight end in free agency this in twenty eighteen? I think the Ravens, again, they keep coming up, yeah. but they certainly need a tight end. Um, so I could see them making a play. Uh, the Jaguars probably need a tight end. Yeah. Uh, that And that team is on the rise, and uh, I think they've gotten what they can get out of uh, Mercedes Lewis there. So I think those teams are in need of a tight end. And then the, the Jets, um, I guess ASJ may not be uh, in their future, mm-hmm. so – uh, I think they would be looking for a tight end as well. But the Jets pretty much need just everything. So, <laughs> how, Jets and the Browns, they just need everything. How about the Dolphins? You know, Julius Thomas is probably going to get cut. He was worthless this year. Yeah. Dolphins could be a nice nice option because I think that they're, they're going to rely on uh, a more of a safety valve for Ryan Tannehill when he comes back because we all know he, he can't throw downfield very well. Um, and I, I agree with that. I think they're definitely going to cut Julius Thomas. Yeah, and I would like to see, you know – Austin Hooper is only going to be a third-year player. He didn't do much last year. Maybe the Falcons could be in play for a solid tight end here because they got Julio Jones and they got Devonta Freeman and Tevin Coleman. They got nothing else. Sanu sucks. He's terrible. 
Harry Douglas is still somehow in the NFL, I believe. Um, <laughs> they who was a speedy guy that was a um, that was a Brown for the longest time, and then he was. But oh, Tyler Gabriel, he's not gonna. He's no longer gonna be. He, he tweeted that he's he's moving on from the Falcons. I think they need a reliable pass catcher in Atlanta to to be the number two tight end, and they haven't had a tight end since Tony Gonzalez. So maybe a guy like Jimmy Graham switches and, and goes over to the, AFC, the NFC South and you know is trying to chase I, chase a ring with them. I can't believe you would disrespect Levine to Toy Lolo like that. Well, he got cut too, <laughs> Toy Lolo. <laughs> uh, uh, I, what about we? What about with uh, tight ends? I think. I think we have to at least bring this guy's name up just because he was a big part of your 2017 fantasy oh God. discussions. Let's talk about Kobe Fleener oh, Kobe. and the New Orleans Saints. Kobe. He should have been so good. Why Why does he suck? I don't get it. He should be so good in that <laughs> offense. I know, but Ben Watson was good in that offense. How is he not good in that offense? Uh, so they need a tight end. They do, hey, they do but they have no cap space. <laughs> They have no yeah. money whatsoever because I don't understand how they have no money unless somehow like I feel like Drew Brees' contract counts like two times against the cap what everybody else's quarterback does because they never have any money and it just makes zero sense to me. Um, but fun fact: Drew Brees' cap figure is actually half of what Joe Flacco's cap. Figure that is, is just really that is pathetic. <laughs> that is pathetic. Oh God, <laughs> Joe Flacco sucks. Oh, he's Michael's the worst. carrying like a twenty-four million dollar cap. Oh God! It's just so funny. Like you know, as a Patriots fan, and and you see Tom Brady take less than market deal. It feels so good to see his cap hit versus Joe Flacco's cap hit, and you wonder yeah. why these guys suck or these teams suck. And when you think so, even though quarterback is the most important position on the field, I think probably in sports, you just can't commit. A third of your cap to one guy it just doesn't make any sense but that's what these guys are commanding and I, I, it, it frustrates the hell out of me it frustrates uh, me. i agree <sighs> i don't know the tight end situation is going to be interesting though um I, re- I really have no hot takes on the tight ends other than you know trey burn would look good in a patriots uniform um you know, yeah, the tight ends are pretty boring, other than the Jimmy Graham. Yeah, the idea of him, the other, the idea of him is great. I don't understand why Seattle wouldn't keep him, to be honest, because it's not like they. He had a great year, you know, after he started off slow. He had a really good year in fantasy this year, and also on the field, obviously. I think they should keep him. I mean, I have this uh, this feeling that Seattle may be working on blowing things up. I mean, we're, they're talking about Michael Bennett. Michael Bennett might be traded to the Falcons. Um, Obviously, they're gonna let Richardson go. Richard Sherman's probably gonna be gone. You're right. I mean that the, the that window is closing, and um, you know Russell Wilson's not getting any younger, and he's a mobile quarterback. And those guys aren't you know they don't last till 38, 39 unless they kind of change their game. So yeah, that that team's kind of in flux right now. And since they're in flux, that means you know Pete Carroll will probably retire or something like that because he never likes to be on a losing squad or if there's ever yeah. any sort of controversy, he leaves. It could be coming to an end. Now, you also mentioned to me that, and I did not know this, but Austin Safarian Jenkins turned down an offer. He did. He did. I think the Jets, the Jets. The Jets offered him, I think, a three-year, $9 million contract. He said, nah, nah, nah. Uh, he's be- who Who does he think is going to pay him money? <laughs> well, I mean, nine million. he was pretty good last year as a red zone target. Um, $9 million, $3 million a year is, is nothing. That's, that's It's nothing, but... 
I mean, what has? I mean, if you're a GM, are you committing anything more than that to to sign ASJs? I, I mean, it depends on the guaranteed money. But like, you look at you know, Londonderry's finest, Ryan Griffin. He got nine million <laughs> guaranteed, and I'd say that Safarian Jenkins is a better player than he is. Obviously, you know, he doesn't have his Griffin has far less baggage than he does because he grew up in the wonderful town of Londonderry, New Hampshire, where um, you know everybody is a, a quality human being, but. Um, you know, I, I, that's that's backup tight end money. I mean, he should be getting the way he plays. He should be getting five, six, seven million dollars a year. And the way that these teams safeguard themselves is they just limit the guaranteed money. So, I think he'll get three years, eighteen million dollars minimum. Minimum. I don't think he's getting anything more than more than what he was offered. Wow, we are we are out. butting heads, Steve. We are. <laughs> this could be uh, even though you're right. It really is. It's peanuts when it comes down to right. it, but. Uh, I feel like this could be like a a poor man's version of what happened with Terrell Pryor last year, <laughs> where you where you think you're worth more, yeah. you go out and find out nobody wants you, yeah. and you wind up getting left. Yeah, you bet on yourself, and and then you get squat, and by squat, I mean eight million dollars guaranteed. Yeah, must be nice. Must be nice. Right. <laughs> so, Steve. Um, you know, like we mentioned, we have free agency coming up, but you got some hot takes that you've been uh, writing down. Um, that will be uh, released to the website, negpodcast.com, coming up. Why don't you give all of our thousands and thousands of listeners and followers and fans a, uh, you know, elevator speech of um, what what your hot takes are all about. A tease? A yes. Teaser? A, a hot sports, a hot tease. A big market tease, they yeah, call it. So, so we've got a two-part two part series coming out uh, that is basically 12 bold off-season uh, predictions uh, that are never going to happen, but <laughs> definitely should happen. Fun to talk about. Uh, yeah. And we'll give all the reasons why they should happen, and then we'll also give all the reasons why they definitely won't right. happen. Exactly. <laughs> um, so some big, some big ideas. Uh, so a little short on reality, but great on creativity. There you go. Perfect. So that's kind of what we're going to be uh, rolling out here at NEGpodcast.com. Um, on top of that, we'll have fantasy rankings as we get closer to the season. Uh, a lot of content coming out about the draft and the upcoming draft. Sean, Rue, and Fark, you do a great job on their podcast. And Sean's been doing some some um, recaps on the Combine that's been released to NEGpodcast.com. And, and keep an eye out on the website, too, because we will have a brand new website coming out, Steve, in a couple weeks. Uh, it's going to be crazy. Um, on top of that, we're trying to switch gears a little bit. Uh, I'm going to have a couple uh, music-based podcasts coming up here soon. Uh, I've been doing some album reviews on the website as well. So anything you guys want to hear us talk about, you know, feel free to hit us up at Twitter, at Glory Podcast, and on Facebook, the Never Ending Glory Podcast. You can follow us on Instagram. And then subscribe to us on iTunes and SoundCloud. Rate us. Tell us what you love. Tell us what you hate, but mainly what you love. And uh, we'll try to continue to work on that. But, you know, the offseason in the NFL is in full swing. And when you're talking dynasty, when you're looking forward to the fantasy season, um, you know, in order to get a step up on your competition, it really, you know, it's never too early to start looking at the next season. So, um, Steve Arino, I'm sure we'll be talking the next few weeks as free agency unfolds, um, as news unfolds in the NFL. It is a wild time right now in the NFL. It's heating up. <laughs> He's on fire. <laughs> So uh, with that being said, we'll talk to you guys next week.